Thanks for checking out this Church in the City podcast. For more information, please visit www.churchinthecity.us. Good morning. Good morning, church. Does anybody watch TV? Okay, who doesn't watch TV? Really? Come on. Who watches like those detective series? And All right, there's a couple there. What's your favorite show? Like, you know, one that, a series that goes over, you know, let's say Breaking Bad. Okay, good. You know, in like those series, and you know, I'm currently watching Fringe. It's really getting bizarre. Season five is just weird. But it's like you watch a, a series of 10 or 20 episodes, and somehow the writers of the episodes are fairly clever. They, they write a, a, an episode that is self-containing, so you could watch it and pretty much follow what's going on. There's a start, there's an end, there's a... There's a problem, and then they fix it, and by the end you feel good about your life, right? But what happens is it's part of a series. So each one has little nuggets of what's happening in the bigger story. You guys follow with me? And I feel like Sunday mornings are a little bit like that. We, we preach, and God does stuff. We worship. He speaks and says. And so you could come to any given Sunday, and usually... God is speaking to you. There's something you can take from it. He's teaching you something from the Word. There's something you can apply, right? But it's also part of a series of what's going on. And I'm not just talking about Acts. You know, we're working through Acts. I'm not just saying a preaching series. But there's a season that every church goes through. And every local body, God seems to speak in periods. And I think it's mostly because we don't listen. And we need a lot of repetition, right? You haven't done anything wrong. It's just people. But uh, we, we need an idea massaged into us until we get it. It's not enough for me to stand here for 20 minutes and talk about, you know, X and expect you all to have gotten it and for us all to understand the full implications of that. So what God seems to be doing in, in our local body is for this season, and it's hard to define beginning and end, there's something he's saying to us, right? Let alone the fact that every Sunday you come and he's saying something to you. You know, there's, there's nuggets every time, like a TV series. But there's a bigger story of what's going on. And that's a little bit of what I want to talk about today. Feel like We feel as a, as a leadership team that there has been a theme that's been developing, I would say, the last 12, 18 months. And I want to touch on some of these themes so that we don't miss the bigger picture of where we're going as a church for the fact that every Sunday we're listening to that specific portion of scripture that we're looking at, right? Both are good, but I want us to make sure as a church we are moving forward in the direction and we're recognizing what God has been saying through different people visiting. You know, we have a lot of, um, five or six times a year, we have someone from the, uh, the Ephesians for ministry team who come, and every time there's something that gets added, and each one of those weekends are not isolated weekends, they're part of what God is building here as we as a body are growing into maturity and growing into what he's walking us into as a church, yeah? So what has he been saying the last 12 months? Steve actually said something last week, and I wasn't here, but he, he, he said a quote, and he still can't remember where he read it. I think it's perfect. He said, God is calling us to fulfill the great commission by obeying the great command. 
You, you, anyone remember hearing that last week? That'll highlight the fact that we need a lot of repetition because uh, there were about two. Steve, come on, man. You can preach better than that so people can actually remember what you said. No, I'm kidding. He's a, he's a great preacher. Um, he is calling us as a body in this season. Think of us as a church when, when we speak today. He's calling us as a body to fulfill the Great Commission. And we're going to talk about what that is. By obeying the Great Command. And I want to talk about what that is. I, want, I don't want us to miss the big picture here of where we're going. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And I'd like to read it for you. Uh, it's a bit small, I'm sorry. Um, Matthew 28, verse 18. This is Jesus. Some of the last words that Jesus said to us before he, he went up to... Uh, no, before he was crucified. No, when was it before or after? Why do I forget all of a sudden? It was in the end somewhere. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the very end of age. This verse is full of stuff, full of implications. But really he's saying, go and make disciples. Not just converts, not just campaigns. Go and make disciples. People who look like Jesus. People who understand everything he commanded. People who get the breath of what Jesus is saying. That's what he's asking us to do. Not just to go and preach and hand out flyers. Not to just heal people. Not to just teach people. You know, if you have 10 people and all you're doing is teaching them. There's the whole process of, of t- telling more people about God. Having more people experience the kingdom of God through power and miracles and the Holy Spirit being bestowed on them. And having more people being taught and understood what God is saying to them. That's the Great Commission. How? By the Great Command. That's Matthew 22, verse 36. They asked him, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your hearts, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. With the heart of this command, loving God with everything we have, having this deep relationship with the Lord, and loving our neighbors as we love God and we love us. I mean, this, this flow of loving ourselves, loving our neighbors. If you love your neighbor, you don't want your neighbor to die. If you love your neighbor, you don't want him to go into all sorts of nonsense because you love them as you love yourself. So with that heart, God is calling us to make disciples of all nations. Isn't that cool? I believe we've been stirred the last season. Forgive me for saying it. It's a bit of a a vague term, but 12, 18 months. He's been stirring us to look outside of these four walls for what our ministry gifting is. Right? Right? None of this should, hopefully none of this is a surprise to you. I hope I'm just highlighting what, what God has been saying. We, we not that, and, and again, when, when you go into seasons, it's not that you've done stuff wrong. You're in a new gear, right? You're, you guys who drive automatic cars, even automatic cars have gears. And, you know, as you, as you need to get up a hill, you're in a low gear and next gear and next gear and next gear. God is moving us into this new season where maybe we've been a little focused inward in years past because we were in that gear and we're in this gear now where the Lord wants us to see 
that our ministry gifting and the purpose for why we've been gifted and, and given and everything is for the benefit of those outside of this wall. Yeah? And I don't know, for me personally, I feel like my eyes were blinded to that before. And I'm not giving you the blame, or I'm not saying it's the same with you, but with me, my eyes have been blinded. And I've been like, um, early in the year, we, we started thinking about this concept of, of really reaching and lost, reaching our neighbors and everything. And um, Kathy and I moved into a, a new house in our, in our neighborhood about a year, year and a bit ago. And I noticed we started having so many more friends out from the kids' parents. You know, the, when we go to school, their parents are coming and we've been having barbecues and I've been invited to go to bars again. And it, I know it sounds weird, but it had been five or six years before, about a year ago, that I haven't been in a bar because those are the sinners right? I don't want to be infected. I didn't think that, but that's really how you act, right? Oh, what if I go to a bar and they, they make me sin, right? That really was the mindset because all our time was spent with believers. All our time was spent in meetings. All our time was spent thinking about what happens here on a Sunday morning. And God is breaking me out. I know he's breaking our leadership team out. They were much further along than me, most of them. Um, but <laughs> just, I just get all of them, all of them. But, but in, in understanding this fact that we are called not here for our little benefit, we are called to this city for this city. Amen? For the kingdom of God to be expanded and advanced through our lives. So I really think the last season, this has been highlighted here at church. Think of Terry Kruger when he's been here. And his passion for the lost. And how every time he spoke, it's not like I wanted to jump up and go hand out flyers. But my heart was getting broken for the fact that I did not know unbelievers. And I'm not talking about walking to school with my kids and, hey, there's Todd. And, hey, Todd, how's it going? How's the running going? Yeah, it's good. You know, that's not knowing. I didn't know unbelievers because I didn't have them in my house. I didn't spend time with them. I didn't invest our time into their lives. See what I'm saying? And the last year has just been, it's been an amazing journey of, seriously, I went to a bar the other night, the guys around the, you know, this is not like your college kid bars, you know, these are like married people with kids and they want to go to the bars. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, let's go. You know, and there they are and you have these conversations and I'm like, oh my, this has been a long time since I've had these sorts of, you know, and, and God is stirring my heart for this. And I'm building bridges so that when the moment comes, we can speak into people's lives. Um, you know, America, as much as I love this nation, we have so much here. And so many people think they don't need anything. You know, they don't think they need Jesus because they have a nice car, a nice house, nice kids, minivan, good school, good job, good 401k. I'm, I'm kind of sick. People don't realize how empty and, and lost it is, right? And I'm not going to be able to tell this guy who's my neighbor who lives in a nice house and has everything physically. I can't tell him, hey, you need Jesus because he's going to be like, why? I got, I got it. I'm all good. Thank you. There needs to be a trust where we get to know each other. And I can see where the real need is. And there's moments of trusting one another where we've built into people's houses. Uh, into people's lives. I'm nowhere near my notes. But I, I hope, I hope you, you're getting, I think this has been stirring in our heart. 
Um, early in the year, January, I think, Steve preached a number of times and as we started the book of Acts. And he made this phrase, and it was a few weeks in a row, he, he said this phrase. He said, if you're asking, what is God's will for your life? Here's the answer. The very last thing he told you to do, that is his will for your life. Do you remember that? Show of hands, who remembers that? Good, Steve, you got that one right. Good job. Uh, but, but really, it, it's vital to understand that. What is God's will for my life? You know what? You don't really know how things are going to look in five years' time. I talk to your students. Every, time, every now and then we have this conversation, and I was there in the exact same what is God's plan for my life, for my career? Where am I going to live? What job am I going to have? How's it going to play out? How am I going to... Honestly, you're not going to figure it all out now. I guarantee you, as clever as some of you are, you're not going to get it all. Because God takes us through these journeys and these paths, and before you know it, you fall into the thing that, that's there. But you're only going to get there by obeying the next thing that He told you to do. Right? If you're studying politics and you're in, you know, your sophomore here and you feel God has told you to become president, it's not going to happen for you next year. There's a series of things that you have to do and have to walk in. And most of the time, even if you try to map it out properly, you won't be able to do it because you're just not that smart. Really? Things happen and we follow his leading step by step by step by step. I was praying with someone the other day. And the, the question came up, and I said, really, if, if you did know exactly how you were going to get there, you would try and do it. You would try and make it happen. And then we don't understand the timing of God. Then we don't understand the seasons God takes us and the things He builds, the blocks He builds into your life until the point when He believes and knows that you are ready to do what He eventually called you for. Um, uh, Steve Thompson was here. Uh, remember the British guy? And he was doing a worship conference with us end of February. And uh, we happened to ask him to preach on the Sunday morning. You know, he, he speaks all over the world, but he's mainly a music guy. And he preached, and as he was preaching, he was talking about listening to God and waiting on the Lord and waiting on the timing of God and, and taking little cues from the Lord as you walk on. And he felt that morning that God had put a phrase in his, in his heart that says, as you listen... And as you wait, be active. You remember that? He said, as you listen and as you wait, be active. And I picked up on that. We, we picked up on that as a team. It's like there's something there. It's summarizing. It, it's capturing the heart of where God is taking us. Listen to the Lord. Have that kind of relationship with the Father where we know what His will is and His heart for the very next step in our lives. Have the kind of active relationship with the Lord where if you're on the streets and Tommy's been leading these amazing evangelistic, lack of a better word, nights where we go into the, the streets and you're ministering to complete strangers. If you don't have a habit and a lifestyle of knowing the voice of the Lord in your private and the still, it's going to be hard for you to stand out there in the streets and say, here is this guy with this set of problems or this set of situations and to... Just come and if you just want to like speak to this guy with all the great wisdom you learned at Moody, it may not be at the right wavelength of where the guy is. We need to be listening, actively listening to what God is saying so that we can reach the people that God is putting in front of us. Amen? And he was talking about listening and waiting. And he said, while you're listening, while you're waiting, be active. 
Do you remember that? I'm so far away from my notes. Forgive me, but this is good. This is good for me. We picked up on that thing. Listen, wait, and do. As you listen, as you wait, be active, do. Kind of, you know, easy. Because we forget and we need repetition. As you listen, as you wait, do. So I want to ask Connor and, and James, please play a video for us. I think the idea behind the concept of Listen, Wait, Do is really just the simple yet essential idea that God still speaks. He's still an active God. He doesn't recuse himself from the happenings of his people. And that we, as his people, are called to live a life of obedience, a life of grace, a life of sharing the gospel of Jesus with everyone that we meet. And this isn't a a gimmick. It's not forced or unnatural. It's actually the most natural outworking of a vital living relationship with God. It's the Father and His people working together in tandem to accomplish His purposes. The biblical scriptures are the full written revelation of God, fully inspired and complete. But the question on the heart of every generation continues to be, God, what are you saying to me? What is your will for me? What is the next step for my family, my church, on and on? What are your purposes for the here and now? Essentially, we're crying out, God, we know what you've said, but what are you saying? The Old Testament prophet Habakkuk, in a time of real struggle and wonder before God, determined that he needed to position himself in such a way as to allow God the opportunity to break in and say and to reveal. Habakkuk said, I will stand at the watch, I will station myself on the ramparts, and I will look to see what the Lord will say to me. I believe it's that heart, like Habakkuk had, that is so desperately necessary today. It's a heart that says, no matter the season, the stagnation, no matter the struggle, God, you have my heart. You have my time, my actions, my attention. And I stand at the ready, and I'm patient, and I'm active in my waiting. And when you say to move, I'll move. The questions of God's will, His purposes, these don't have to be a moment-by-moment struggle. They can be a moment-by-moment obedience to the Lord, just simply saying yes to what He reveals in light of the Bible. And really, that's how we see the profound moving of the kingdom of Jesus. It's the simplicity of looking our Savior in the eye and turning our ears to Him. As we listen, as we wait, we're active. And when He speaks, we know it. And we do in accordance with his purposes. You guys, you guys get it? Listen. You get it? Which one is this? Tommy and Brittany, good job. We've spent a few months thinking about Listen Way Do as a leadership team. We've, we've been trying to, before we, we talk to the church about it in, in this kind of way, we've been, each of us can kind of say, how are we in, in these areas? You know, it's one thing for us to say, hey, guys, let's get out to our neighborhoods. Uh, let's, let's make, build bridges in people's lives. Let's do X, Y, and Z. If, if we're as, as a team not doing it, you know, and, and it's just been an amazing journey. Each one of us, stories of, of neighbors 
that maybe we hadn't recognized before and we're, we're tuning our ears to, to hear and see what, where God is leading us and where He's taking us. And we, we want to repeat these words, listen, wait, do for the next season. I don't, I don't know how long it's going to be, but until we get this. And what does that look like? To me, it looks like this. If as a church, we have a, a culture where we hold one another accountable to the fact that when you're facing difficult things in your life, before you run to other people to go and get the answers or to books or to this one or to that one, have you engaged Jesus? Have you engaged Jesus first as the answer to your problems? Have you ordered your life around the fact that Jesus wants to speak to you? Jesus wants to speak to you all the time, and actually he does speak to you all the time. And there's just a small adjustment we have to make in mostly our expectation that God is speaking to you, right? God doesn't, God doesn't have to do anything different. It's just the expectation. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you early in the morning. He wants to speak to you in the checkout line. He wants to speak to you when you go with Tommy into the streets and... Uh, evangelize. He wants to speak to you where you're, when you're in business and you're facing difficult decisions and you're wondering, where do I take my company? Where do I take my business? What do I do with this decision about hiring and firing people? Jesus wants to speak to you and will speak to you and wants to be involved in the details of your life. Amen? If we get that as a church, then we don't have to put a banner up anymore because it's part of our fabric. It's part of who we as a culture. We're not just a church that comes to hear someone preach every Sunday morning and expect that whoever's up here is going to tell you what God is saying. We'll do our best. But really, it's your responsibility to hear from the Lord what He is saying to you. Right? And as a church, corporately on a Sunday morning, together we move forward into new things. I talked to my daughter, Abigail, um, if you know Abigail, she can literally talk nonstop, without ending, without ceasing, night, <laughs> rain, morning, on the way to school, on the way to saying goodbye to her. There's always a talking. And when we pray at night, we pray together when, you know, the kids go to sleep and she's talking, talking, talking. I have to remind her, sweetie, what happens if you only ever talk to mom and dad and mom and dad never, ever talk to you? Said, That'd be weird, dad. Like, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? I said, why don't, when we pray, why don't we make sure we stop and listen for a minute? It's that easy, guys. It's that, it's that uncomplicated. But we've made listening so complicated because what if I hear the devil's voice in my head? So therefore, I'm not going to try and listen to anything because maybe the enemy is going to talk to me. Right? Anyone ever said that? What if the voices I'm hearing is the Oprah, and it's not really God's voices, right? You know what I'm saying? And so we put all these excuses in, in front, and the fact that God wants to talk to us, and He wants to have a relationship with us. Otherwise, you can go to any religion and any, any whatever, and just go to listen to a bunch of good morals and good stories. This is a relationship. And I trust, and I think it's here already, but I trust this becomes a integral, vital part of, of who we are as a church. As you can see, I'm probably not following anything up there. Um, waiting. When, when will we know that waiting has become a value that's important? Now, let me tell you something. 
I know something about waiting, right? I really know a lot about waiting. Last Saturday, that's eight days ago, I had to place an order for my new iPhone. And I still have not received it. I tell you, I had the iPhone 4S for two years, and it was perfectly fine until 10 days ago when they announced a new one. It's horrible now, and I have to live with this anticipation in waiting for the 5S. In case you're worried, they said it's coming tomorrow, and the waiting will come to an end. But I've experienced the anguish of waiting. Maybe in less anxious moments, you've experienced waiting. Less than that. Um, seriously, though, maybe you're waiting for... I'll pick on this single for a second. Maybe you're waiting anxiously for your husband or your wife. And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. There's a patience and a lesson the Lord is teaching us through all of these things. Right? And we need to learn how to wait better. Right? Maybe you're waiting for full-time ministry. And I want to be a full-time preacher. And I want to go plant churches. And I want to do all this stuff. Here is, it's exhausting sometimes to wait. Isn't it? It's exhausting sometimes to wait. Maybe you're waiting for the, the, the promises, the prophetic promises that even God has given you. And you're like, I don't know how to wait any longer. It's been three years or five years or whatever, and I don't know how to wait. We as a church need to understand, and I pray and I believe God is showing us and teaching us that there is a way to wait and there's a way not to wait. There's an anxiousness in waiting and there's a being active in waiting, Right? Pulled out a few quick examples. Jesus lived 33 years. He waited 30 years before starting his official, active, you know, public ministry. Think about it. I think he had some of the ingredients and keys before then. He was a son of God. But God made him wait 90% of his life before actually releasing him to do what he wanted to do, called him to. Noah... We can read the story of Noah in about three minutes flat. Noah took 75 years at least, some people argue about it, but at least 75 years to build the ark. Remember that? Can you imagine the, the waiting and the anticipation and the patience you had to exercise in that? Jacob waited 14 years to marry Rachel. How about that one? I couldn't wait four months. David, King David, waited 15 years from the moment the prophet Saul, Samuel, Samuel, prophesied over him, you're going to be king. It took him 15 years before it came to pass. And the whole story in between of him being killed by the very king and da 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 long stories. 15 years. Let's put that in perspective. And then Joseph, uh, who had the dreams, he waited 22 years from the moment God gave him the dreams about his brothers and, and father bowing down to him. 22 years for that to come to pass. And I think most importantly, Hebrews 11. Go read Hebrews 11, but in verse 13 it says, of all these giants of faith, it says, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, 
But having seen them and greeted them from afar and acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. In other words, they saw what God had called them to and that's what they were living for. They never saw it in their physical lifetime. That's the kind of waiting we need to, be underst- we need to understand as a church. But it's an active waiting. It's not a passive waiting. None of these people I've mentioned, none of those Hebrews 11 people sat on their beds waiting for things to come to pass. They were working. They were preparing. They were doing. They were following the voice of the Lord as the, God spoke to do this, to do that, to do this, to do this. They were not paralyzed by the big dream that they had and the big vision and the big whatever that they had, thinking, I'm no good until that comes to pass. They kept being active and moving and working and doing, not being lazy. Yeah? And the last idea here about doing, and you can see, tell me this is very clever, by the way, and I think I have told you this. This is the share button on, a little bit of the share button in some of the icons, you know, on the, on the internet. We're not just talking about doing. We're not talking about salvation. We're not working about, for your salvation and you know, pleasing God. We're not talking about any of that stuff because you need to settle that a long time ago and you can come and talk to us about that. But this is about doing Matthew 28, doing the Great Commission, about being active in sharing the gospel with your neighbors, sharing the gospel with your friends, sharing the life of God, the, the power of God, the ministry of God, the healing, the, the, the prophetic words of God that God gives you. This is the doing that we are moving into as a church. If I had to pick anything that God really has highlighted to me the most, I would say it would be this doing part. And I talked about that as I started. But um, God has, for a reason, God has blessed this church. For a, gr- for a reason, God has, pre- this is not a word, but presenced. Do you know what I mean? His presence is in this church and is with you, not just for your own goosebumps and good feelings. His presence is with this church and with us as people for a very good reason. It's so that we could fulfill the calling and the mission that he has given us. Amen? So I want to say, I don't know what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. Find out what God is saying to you. Yes, let's take the time. Let's take the responsibility of listening to where God is what, is, what he's saying to you. For your dreams, for a prophetic vision, for your life, do that. Be patient in those waiting. Understand what it means to wait for the Lord. Understand what it means to, to work and be active in the waiting. But most of all, I think God is calling us outside of these walls so that we can start being the light that we actually are. I had this thought this week. I think of all the gifts and the blessings and everything we have received, perhaps the one we need the most is knowing who we are, and what He's already given us. Right? I don't think we need anything else except understanding and having the eyes to see of who you are, that Jesus has all authority. He is supreme ruler of all. And He said, go. He said, do. He said, I will be with you till the very end. He will make a way for you to build bridges into the lives of your neighbors. He will make a way for you to see healing like you've never seen it before. Guys, and I encourage you, run towards the idea of healing as opposed to trying to argue it away. Run towards it. Pray for 500 people. And if the 500th person still doesn't get healed, 
Pray for the next one. Keep praying and trusting that the Lord is calling us to this, not just a doctrinal exercise, but a living relationship with the Lord where He is calling you to be the light and the answer and the solution to what's going on in the city. Amen? Is any of this new to you guys? I hope it isn't. I hope I've summarized and, and maybe given some words to, to what you feel God has been doing and what He's been saying. Um, it's going to look differently. I can't tell you exactly how you must do the do part. I can't tell you that. I can tell you the answer to any of the questions you are is listen, wait, do. Go and listen to the Lord. Go and listen to the Lord. And while you're listening, if your neighbor next to you needs something, start building a relationship with him. Tommy, we're going to send out some dates in the next few days for uh, doing something you've never done before. Literally walking in a street with no agenda other than here's a street. I believe there are people on here who need Jesus. And as I walk, I trust God is going to give me the boldness and the courage to make eye contact with someone. And if they make eye contact back, that'll be my sign. And then I'm going to say to them, I don't know, but let's step out and do it. Right? Because you have been given so much. And you know what? The minute you open your mouth, you'll see how much you've been given. Often, you know, this story... When Kathy and I got married, Kathy said to her dad, Dad, I don't know how to be a wife. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it. And if I have to, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And Clive said something amazing. I don't know if you even remember this. He said, Honey, you don't know how to be a wife because you've never had to be a wife. Once you be a wife, you'll see what God has put in you and you can be who you are. You're not going to know what to say to people because maybe we haven't spent any time trying to tell people anything. But you'll see the minute you open your mouth, God will give you something. He is that faithful. Amen? For you guys looking at, at business ventures and looking at where God is calling you, whether it's um, you know, breaking the poverty cycles, breaking the crime cycles, the, the segregation in the city, those are the things that are heavy on your heart. This isn't just about, about, you know, praying for people on the street. This is about maybe God giving you solutions and giving you answers to those problems in the city. Amen? Anyone believe God could actually use you to do that here? I pray you do. I pray you do. I pray God will take you and put you in positions where you can be an answer to Rahm Emanuel's problems in the city because they're your problems too. And God's heart is for the city to see the city healed. And, and save and whole and functioning. Amen? Um, there you go. Can we pray? Can we pray? If, if this has resonated with you, if, if this is stirring in your heart that, that we need to, to not do more to find God's pleasure, but for us to be engaged more to see the pleasure of God sending us and be with us as we go in the waiting. If, if this is, let's stand together and I just want to pray for us as a group. Jesus, I just thank you that you were our perfect example. Jesus, you saw 
what the Father did and you did that. You heard what the Father said to you and you said that. Jesus, you listened. You had a lifestyle that listened. Father, I pray for us as a church that we would be a people who have a lifestyle, a habit, uh, or have a culture of listening to our Father who loves us so and has such great things in store for us. Jesus, you were perfect in your waiting, in being in the temple and learning and studying. And, and it says you grew in favor with God and with man. Father, I pray in our waiting seasons, Lord, we would continue to grow in favor with God and with man. That we wouldn't be anxious, Jesus, but we would be satisfied in you. We wouldn't be uh, uneasy just expecting and waiting for the next thing, Lord, but that you would equip us and empower us, Lord, to be effective even when we think we haven't arrived at what you've called us to. Jesus, you were the perfect example in going and in doing. And we want to follow your example, Lord. We want to pray. We want to preach. We want to heal the sick in your name. We want to multiply food so people could be fed, Lord Jesus. We want to walk on water if it means we could reach the lost and the broken, Lord. We want to have faith, Lord Jesus, to see things that aren't as if they are, Lord. A city that is walking on fire for you, Lord. Where every single church in the city is on fire for you, Lord Jesus. Listening to you. Active, Lord. Changing their communities and changing their surroundings, Lord. That more and more people will be saved in this city, Lord. However million people there are here, Lord. There are too many who don't know you, Lord. And we are trusting and believing that you are calling us to this. We are trusting and believing you are calling us to the cities of this nation, Lord. That we would plant churches. That we continue to do this. And see your kingdom be advanced everywhere. Use us, Lord Jesus. As we were singing, Lord, all we have is yours. All I am is yours. So we offer ourselves completely to you, Lord. We offer ourselves completely to you, Jesus. Lead us, Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. It's a Christian. Oh, you know what? Sorry. Um, you can back on. Listenwaydo.com. You see that? So there's a website that we put some videos up to maybe help with some of these concepts. People have written articles to help you. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about what it means to have a quiet time, how do you hear from the Lord, how do you be a mom of multiple children and still listen, uh, lots of useful articles on there. And I want to encourage you to go look at the website. We'll send you out a link. But... Hopefully this helps us to massage these ideas more into our church. Amen. Very good. Thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah. Very good. Before uh, the service, keep standing. You're doing a great job standing. Before the service, uh, as we were praying, um, Clive had a, had a word that uh, kept coming to mind as uh, Dave was talking, and uh, he just had this uh, simple picture of a hand going through mist, and uh, the Lord saying, will you trust me? Wasn't that the question? Will you trust me? And uh, as, as Dave was talking, you know, the, the aspect of trust keeps coming up as we step out, 
And I kept being reminded of what it must have been like, you know, when Jesus starts walking on the water and the disciples are there in the boat and Peter's stepping out. And it's going to be, it's stormy, it's misty and whatever else. And there's this reality where uh, Peter trusts Jesus enough to step out on the boat. But Jesus condemns his lack of faith. So there's something there where there's trust, but not quite faith. I had mentioned, I think a few weeks ago, uh, some of the aspect of trust is the exchange room where faith is imparted. Peter has this opportunity to step out and have faith given to him by Jesus when he kept his eyes on Jesus. And it says when he starts being distracted with the wind and the wave and he loses sight of Jesus, it's when he, it's when he sinks. The faith is lost. The faith is a gift from Jesus. Our trusting him is what gets us out of the boat and stepping out. And I felt like that kept getting uh, maybe you know, massaged in our spirits as, as Dave was talking. Trust him. He'll give you the faith. He'll give you the words if you step out, regardless of what that is. Uh, so, Father, I just feel just an a, uh, impartation of trust. that, that uh, Healing hearts this morning, that those that, that don't feel like we can trust you, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're releasing that, that, uh, that safe place of trust where we can trust you regardless of where we've been burnt in the past and that you will give us the faith when we allow you to impart it to us, that grace of faith. Increase that in our midst this morning, Father. Thank you so much for, for that word. And uh, we thank you for the, uh, the opportunities we're going to have. Uh, to trust you and to step out. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We are dismissed. If you need a miracle in your body or you would just like some prayer, we're going to have a ministry team up front. So please come forward for prayer. Uh, we have a visitor table in the back. Say hello to Steve and Debs. And then Lyles uh, will be over here. Please come and uh, join us in prayer over them and baby Hallie. Have an amazing week.